Ladies and gents, welcome back to the infamous, the one and only Velocity podcast. Mr. Rimmer, how are you today? I'm exceedingly well. Exceedingly well. Like, oh, right, like, Mr. Kipling. like Mr. Kipling. I was just going to say, like Mr. Kipling. You beat me to right. it. That's weird. You and I are thinking of the same shit again. I know. It's only been 18 years so far that we've done that. How are you, mate? Are you good? Yeah. I'm well, mate. I'm very well, thank you. Episode 40, isn't it? Another landmark we've just we've, we've hit. Just so. hitting milestones willy-nilly. 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 Episode 40 is uh, going to be a different one. You and I are going to share a couple of stories from our time as personal trainers because, of course, we, we aren't personal trainers anymore. We pile all of our time into velocitizing the the world around us but yeah we're going to share um something something funny something perhaps uh, valuable for listeners um as we peer back into the archives of what was our personal training career do you want to, do you want to kick us off first what's uh, what what we got to share with us today yeah i will um we coach a lot right so uh, the, the whole point of this today was just to take a little bit more of a back seat rather than let's do something that we would coach uh, or build a, a training on with resources and scripts and all of the different things that we would build for our velociraptors in the program and let's just talk a little bit more loosely around like shit that we found was useful for us as coaches and some funny things i think it would be useful for for you guys for the millions listening to hear that Millions. But also don't worry, team, because we are going to still stick with our fun fact tradition. So stick around to the end and we'll be sharing with you a totally pointless, useless fact that will do nothing to your life, but might make you smile. Yeah, don't worry. That that is staying. <laughs> I mean, we couldn't fuck with that key piece of the formula, could we? Can't mess with that. Keep the fundamentals. OK, so my one um, was <laughs> this sounds really stupid, but it's, it is based on a conversation that we had this morning, we every week we um, we talk about the people inside of our program behind their backs. And we just check in and we're like, are they, are they a green? Are they an amber? Are they a red? Like, are they moving well? Are they struggling a little bit? Or are they really struggling? And one of the things that came up in conversation today was simply saying hello to people. And I, I was thinking about that around this, um, around this podcast and thinking that was one of my fucking superpowers as a personal trainer, and it sounds so stupid, but it was one of my superpowers to build my business is it didn't matter whether I was outside of the gym, but in the area, i.e. in a coffee shop or in the supermarket, in, you know, there was um, a restaurant that I always used to go to for lunch. Didn't matter whether I was inside the gym or outside of the gym. I was aware that I was a personal trainer and I was a walking advert for my business. And so the more people I could just smile at and say hello to, the more opportunity I had to make connections, start conversations, nurture them, and eventually turn them into clients. And I was thinking about it when we were deciding what to talk about today. I was thinking, fucking hell, the amount of people that became clients because I walked up to them and said hello. You know, two or three people that worked as waitresses in the restaurant that I used to go to for lunch became clients because I didn't just order my food, shut up and then leave. I asked how they were and they could see that I was a personal trainer and they say, so you're a PT, you and the PT in the gym over the road there. But yeah, that's right. Yeah. And then they'd start asking questions and it would go from there. I'd invite them in say, well, why don't you come in? You're always so nice to me, serving me my food, come in and we'll do some work together. And it's amazing how many clients over my, however many years span as a coach, too many uh came from just <laughs> just simply saying hello and 
looking at every single potential interaction, not as an opportunity to sell, but as an opportunity to connect. So that was my thing. Say hello. If there was an interesting frame that I I took when I started the the process of helping some other coaches get get busy, and one of the first things that I did was, and I realised looking back, this was one of the little tricks that I, I managed to use in my own head to get me to do what you just described, and that was right. You know, the question in my mind is, oh, I need to go and find my next client. Like you're kind of surveying the gym floor or your DMs or whatever, and you're thinking, okay, who? Who is who is going to be my next client? Who's 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 ready to do PT? And like you're trying to pick a needle in a haystack. Whereas yeah. what I did is I assumed everyone could do with personal training. I was like, right, let, let's start with everyone's a yes, and it's just a case of trying to figure out what it is that they need help with. <laughs> like I flipped the problem on its head, and so what that did is it opened up everyone to me that they didn't know it yet, and. Maybe they didn't need PT now, like today, but maybe next week, month, next month, next year. Maybe they just needed to like identify that something was possible that they didn't think was. And the only thing standing between them starting personal training is me, a conversation with me. And it just changed it for me. So I was like, cool, well, let's just chat. I'm not assuming anything, but I do believe that there's, there is a, a condition here which would lead you to having personal training with me. I've just got to ask enough questions, be patient enough to get there. And one more point on this. I don't know, I don't think you are, but um the Marvel fans out there, um, you didn't watch any of the Marvel movies for the last few years, did you? No, no, I was I was busy. <laughs> I had a life day. No, I I enjoyed it. And the, the, the last phase I ended with um a, a film called Endgame, and there was this there was this really significant scene where Doctor Strange, played by Benedict Cumberbatch, he sort of goes into the future and he sort of does this weird thing and he's like, oh my God, there's only one out of 1,646,000 conditions where we win this battle, right? And it's a bit like that in which like, there is one, there's one condition, there's one set of questions and one conversation you could have with every single human on the planet that would lead them to say, do you know what? Yeah, let's book some PT. Yeah. And I, if you believe in that, then you wouldn't, not say hello or stop and talk to anyone. I love that. I love I love that mindset. That I mean, I, I think I naturally had that in that I just had a self-belief that actually what you said isn't too far from the truth, is that probably everybody would benefit from personal training. Mm. Now, when I look at who I coached, I, I coached people that were genuinely told by the doctor if they didn't lose weight, they were going to die within the next 12 months. I trained those guys. And similarly, I worked with people that were trying to get into the Olympics. So if that is your span then who is excluded from that as a potential client? So I think your statement is is very close to, to a fact. And yeah, it's kind of like let your questioning and let them self-exclude themselves. Mm. Let them let them opt out rather than trying to get people to opt in. Exactly. That's quite a, nice, quite a nice way to think of it. I love that. Yeah. How about you, mate? So one of my, the first thing that came to mind when you and I thought, okay, let's pick this theme was the guy who interviewed me for my first and only job as a personal trainer i i did my course at a, at a next generation which became david lloyd and we worked our work experience was on the gym floor with the trainers who actually worked for the gym and i lived around the corner it was just really convenient so the guy what well, there was one guy said okay we'll have an interview we're interviewing pts and i sat down with him really nice bloke and he was the one that said yeah let's give a job to this guy so i'll be forever like chris chris Bourne. 
was his name. Like, I'm, I'm thankful to you because you've got me into this industry. And he took a bit of a liking to me. Like, he took me under his wing and he thought, I'm, you know, he's, he almost like he put a bet on me. I'm like, he's going to be good. So I'm going to do a bit of work to coach him and guide him a little bit. And I, I would say I was fresh faced. I didn't really know anything about personal training at that point. So I was watching this guy because I really looked up to him and respected him. I was like, okay, what's, what's different about this chap? And what I, re- what I quickly realized was that the way he spoke to personal trainers was like he didn't understand the human body. In the, in the, the tip, like he didn't use any technical language whatsoever. Totally talked to them on their language, and he was the most popular, busiest trainer in the gym. And I was like, having like been a, like being a technical guy, being deep in the textbook of understanding anatomy and physiology, I'm like, he's sort of saying, you see that left arm, that bit there on your arm, just pull that over there, and then just push that bit there, and you see, you know, you know that muscle here, like, see that bit there? Can you feel? And it was just so basic. And I didn't understand it at the time. And it's only looking back did, did I realize that this guy wasn't trying to impress anyone. He wasn't trying to wow them with their language or his knowledge of the human body. Like, oh, this is the autismus dorsi. That connects on the inferior. He was just talking to them in their language and trying to get to the results that they felt better. And that, again, didn't know at the time. But as I look back on it, I was like, shit, he got it. And I don't know whether he stumbled on it by accident or not. But I believe that was one of the main reasons why he was so good because he spoke to people on their level he didn't try to impress he was just real Mm. so much value in that and from being on the gym floor for again a number of years let's say um (laughs) you've been all secretive about your about your because we just had a conversation about actually we're getting a bit old (laughs) relative to some discussions we were having earlier we did. We are getting old. Yeah, and it was it was a long time. And I, I remember watching. I mean, it must have I must have worked alongside hundreds of personal trainers over that time frame. Um, and it, yeah, just so many of them in a in a. I get it. I get why they would do it, but in an absolute on an absolute mission to impress everybody, and all that happened is they just bamboozled everybody. Great. Some some of the shit that they would either get them doing. Or that they would say, and you'd have like 60-year-old Marjorie trying to do these ridiculous exercises, being told every origin and insertion on the planet with a nerve that's stimulated by each, each action. And then they'd come away with this kind of like ridiculous macro split that they'd have to go and tell Barry, their husband, to cook for them. And it's just like, it ain't ever, it ain't going to happen, number one. But you, you, the connection loss there is just unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. So I think the, the simplicity of, of that was important. And I think if it's, and I, I mean, I definitely was there at a point in my in my career and, you know, feeling like I needed to impress because I, maybe I didn't feel like I belonged and I needed yeah. to somehow prove that I was good enough as a PT. And one way to do that was to prove how good my knowledge of the body was. And so I get it. But I think if we can, if there's someone out there listening to this and they kind of, they're like, they're, we're speaking to their inner voice that you don't need to prove anyone like you're good enough right now with what you know. So just lean in and focus on the person on the other side of the conversation. And and you can argue that if you do know your shit, you'll be able to relay it in a very simple way to somebody that doesn't. And if you don't know your stuff, you'll lean on trying to impress them uh, instead. So, yeah, if you do know your stuff, work out how simple you can make it for someone that doesn't know their stuff to understand what you're saying. Back at you, mate. Give us another story. Give us something else from your personal training career. Well, t- talking about um, almost like feeling like you need to impress. I remember in my in my early years, very very early years as a coach, and I was way you know, back when, way back when, black and white TVs. Um, I I remember I, I was actually in good shape back then, believe it or not. And um, really, yeah. And obviously, obviously, we know that 
you don't have to eat perfectly to be in good shape, especially when you're in your early 20s, right? Um, But I used to have this complex about people from the gym and and even more so, I'd be mortified if it was a client seeing me eat something that wasn't like perfectly healthy. Yeah. If I wasn't, if I wasn't eating a raw chicken breast, I didn't want them to see what I was eating. And I remember mm-hmm. like, I remember walking down, there's a shopping mall where I used near where I used to work called Cribs Causeway in Bristol. And I remember walking down there and I had a packet of salted. I remember exactly what it was packet of KP salted peanuts. Okay. You, um, you have to live life on the edge, don't you? One of my, yeah, I mean, I'm crazy. One of my clients, long-term clients, I think she was with me for about 10 years in the end. Her name was Jennifer Sobey. Shout out to you, Jennifer. Um, and I remember seeing her about 30 yards away. And I remember shitting myself, panicking, thinking, oh, my God, I've got some peanuts in my hand. If she sees me, honestly, if she sees me, she's going to stop training with me. <laughs> because, because I've been coaching her to help her lose weight. How dare she see that I'm eating a packet of salted peanuts, like a little snack-sized packet. So oh. I remember like quickly putting it into my pocket as quickly as I could. And you know when your mouth's all dry and salty? I remember like trying to wipe it and thinking, right, licking my lips and being really panicky about it. And mm. and this, this carried on for some time. I remember eating a meal out with a, a partner, I can't remember who it was at the time, and, and a client walking up and I was eating like a steak and chips and thinking, shit, they've seen me eating some chips. Or I've got a glass of wine. It's like, oh my God, they can see that I drink. And it took a little while before I realized like, fucking hell, you're a human being. And actually what they want to see is that you're in great shape despite you being able to do those things. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I can have a normal life and still be in good shape. Amazing. So yeah, it's just a, a funny memory to look back on and think how petrified I was of clients seeing me do something that wasn't an absolute sort of like staple textbook personal trainer move. Mm. I can remember that as well. And then I, I think the next stage of that, which I remember, is that when you do realize that, but your clients still like to use that as something against you. So then, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so then I remember a time when I was I was in a in a cafe. I was having a fry up, I think. And the, the the client who's very overweight would walk in and, and be like, oh, so so that means we can eat sausages and we can have fry ups. Is that right? Because what you do is, is a is a rule for that we can follow. And I'm like, well, as to your last point, it's like, well, I'm I'm still mean. You're not with respect. So let's talk about <laughs> not every day for eight years, Malcolm. Once a week we go over, but what how? Yeah, anyway, you know where I'm going with that. So then it was like, okay, now I need to learn how to communicate that, yes, in context of your body shape and your goal and my standards for health. Yeah, 100%. That's so true. I remember that as well. Any uh, any other funny moments that kind of stand out for you? There's one, the first one that comes to mind. I mean, many, to be fair, I think. I was in my first year as a PT at, at David Lloyd, and I was doing uh something called i think i'm not sure it's called jump start because that's the program one of the programs that we teach but it was like that kind of thing like three sessions 30 minutes introduction to pt get people going in the gym so everyone everyone that has worked or does work in a gym knows what i'm talking about and i had this woman this lady booked in with me and she walks up quite a nice looking woman so i'm at what i'm like 21 and she's probably 30 something like that she's good looking i thought okay here we go um, nice to have a really nice looking woman to do some PT with that kind of thing. I was that age anyway. And so shallow. 
Oi. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so she comes on and we don't, I ask her what her goal is. She wants to better body fat. So, of course, a bit of interval training, right? Of course she would. So we go over to the bike because that was her favoured form of uh, cardio. And um, I said, cool, we're just going to go through a bit of an RPE-led uh, interval session. Right? I remember this story now. I remember you telling me this. This is good. And she, she comes over and I said, okay, well, let's just start off with a nice easy 5 out of 10. So 30 seconds, 5 out of 10. Is that okay? That was fine. So let's pump it up to a 7. Now, at this stage, I, I'm, I'm not confident. I'm, I'm a new, new, relatively new personal trainer and um, don't certainly know, not, not confident with, with training that confident at that stage, with training an older woman, this, you know, particularly who's quite attractive. Anyway, seven to 10 comes along, she starts building up and she starts moaning. And her moans are somewhat similar to that of a, of a sexual uh, nature. And I don't know what to do. I can feel my skin starting to turn red as I clock the two other PTs, the older guys have been, have been at the gym for a while at reception, seeing what's happening, hearing what's happening and absolutely creasing and stitching up. And, I, and I'm like, okay, I don't know how to, how to work this. So I get to the end of the 30 second sprint and she stops moaning and I just lean in and I say, is everything okay? Are you, are you feeling okay? And she's like, yeah, yeah, fine. Like she's oblivious. She's like, yeah, that's just how I, how I exert. And so I said, I, should we stop? No, 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 let's keep going. Thought, okay, well, let's go to an eight or a nine out of 10. <laughs> and now I'm thinking about that scene in Friends where Monica is talking, um, Chandler, again, God rest his soul, Matthew Perry, um, is talking through how to give a woman an orgasm, right? She's like a seven, you know, she's talking through the seven different erogenous zones. And anyway, she's getting louder and more, more like nine out of ten. Anyway, so she she's moaning furiously and I try and wrap and say, we're just going to do three sets today. Just three sets. Let's go over and do some stretching. And I just remember feeling ridiculously embarrassed. The two PTs are absolutely dying, trying to stay out of shot, but also just trying to make sure that they, 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 they that I know they've seen them because they're trying to put me off even more. And uh, yeah, it's safe to say she didn't come back to personal training. Funny that. <laughs> Weird, isn't it? That's brilliant. Love it. Yeah. So, so many of those kind of awkward, embarrassing, don't know what to do moments in your formative years. I think now, if that kind of thing happened to me now, I think I'd just, I'd just call her out. I'd be like, wow, when you're working hard, you sound like you're having an orgasm. Do you know? Yeah. <laughs> I'm just be a really good personal trainer. <laughs> yeah. Right. All right. Fun fact, fun. Fun fact. So I am going to, this isn't the fact, but I'm going to Las Vegas on the weekend and I'm yeah. really looking forward to it. So I'm going to go with a Vegas fact. Nice. Um, and the one I've chosen is that over 300 weddings happen every day in Las Vegas. Over 300 weddings happen every day in Las Vegas. And it's also the only place where you can be married by Elvis. Um, so, yeah, me and, me and my wife are renewing our vows in Vegas. So um, that's why, uh, why I chose that stat. So, yeah, I thought that's, that's pretty – that makes it feel pretty insignificant, the fact that there's going to be 299 other weddings happening that day. Um, that's and that's, about, that's basically about a million – I think that's a million a year. 300, 365 by 300. I think that's about a million. It's a lot of people, isn't it? It is. Zoe wanted us to get married by Elvis. And I said, I, unless I was drunk, I don't think I'd be able to do it. I mean, we're doing it for a laugh, just for an experience. Yeah. Uh, I couldn't, I don't think I could stand there sober and have Elvis remarry no. me. And apparently he sings a song as well. I think I'd just 
dig a hole and, and want to to die in it because it would just be so embarrassing. But um, I think I miss. Like, I I appreciate that he's an icon. I appreciate that you know he he was like an artist of a generation, but it wasn't our generation, so I don't really connect to it like our parents might. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. I, I I can appreciate the novelty of it, but I mean it would it, yeah it definitely isn't for me. It would have to be like the singer from The Prodigy or something like that for us. Yeah. <laughs> I was just going to ask you, if it had to be someone, who would you have marry you if they were a, like a proper pop star that you absolutely respected? I don't know. Do you know what? I'm not that, I'm not that great with music. Me, I've got no sort of like one band for music, I guess. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. Without sitting here and being silent on a podcast for 10 minutes thinking about <laughs> Yeah, it. that's really shit content. Probably move on. What's your fact? Tell me. Spread across their lifetime, most people spend an <laughs> spend an average of one whole year sitting on the toilet. Wow! There we go. Well, I, I, and then I, in my usual David way, I broke that down. So, if that if if that's true, that's an eighty fifth of your year, right? An eighty fifth of your year, I think, if I'm doing the math right, is about twenty minutes of a day. Yeah. Because an hour would be a 24th, right? Sure. If you multiply that by three and a bit, you divide an hour by three and a bit and you get 20, 15, 20 minutes. And so like, that sounds about right because you go to the toilet multiple times, a few minutes pop, unless, you know, you're having a bit of troubles downstairs. <laughs> and so, but that, that's mental, isn't it? And then you think across the year, one year on the toilet. Mm. It's a long time, isn't it? So anyway, I thought that was quite interesting when you extrapolate your toilet time into years. It makes me feel less guilty about um, messaging people on my phone when I'm sat on the toilet because I feel like I'm yeah. you know, I'm sort of doubling down on my time then because that does feel like a bit of a waste but I could probably I could probably half that to half a year over my lifetime and the other half a year from messaging people and being productive because I'm doing both I think so. yeah that's it brings about the question of making toilet time more functional and enjoyable doesn't it so what can we do to our toilet time to make that one year of your whole life become more exciting more. Tune in. Tune in next week uh, for. <laughs> Amazing. All right, my friend. Good to chat to you. I'll see you again next week.